0: Thank you so much for joining us here at Grace Church's podcast. The following episode was recorded live during our Sunday service. Sermon notes can be found online at grace417.com. We hope this teaching makes a difference in your life. We are wrapping up our series this morning in the book of Joshua. And uh, I'm so excited this morning about our series uh, that has just been, I had no idea it would go when I started in January. It would go till almost May. But I really feel like the Lord has really spoken some very significant things to us as he's encouraged and exhorted us to be strong and courageous. Can you say those words strong and courageous with me? One, two, three. Strong and courageous. One more time. Strong and courageous. And that's what the Lord has called us to be and do. And it happens out of relationship with him. It happens as we walk with him, as we follow his words, as we follow his instructions, he fills us with, with courage and strength. And as Heather uh, talked about, the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And we can follow him with all of our hearts. There's a picture up here of St. John's Church. You, this is, this, uh, is in, it's in Virginia. And uh, this is a very, very famous, famous church, okay? A year prior to drafting the Declaration of Independence in 1776, Thomas Jefferson was there in this church at the Second Virginia Convention, George Washington was there. Richard Henry Lee was there. Other important figures were there. And it was this place where Patrick Henry gave the famous lines that we now know all through history, give me liberty or what? Give me death. Give me liberty or give me death. That was his speech. Patrick Henry was fed up with finagling. He was... Uh, he he didn't see any more point in negotiation. Uh, they didn't want to live under the tyranny of Britain any longer. Uh, regardless of what the cost was, he had drawn a line in the sand. He had made up his mind: give me liberty or give me death. There was no question, was there, where, about where he stood? I mean, he made it very, very obvious. There was no middle ground. And when I hear that phrase. When I think of that, it reminds me of what we're going to talk about this morning in Joshua chapter 24, where almost the same phrase is given. And our minds go back to the Old Testament here to Joshua, the great leader. And our our main text for today is Joshua 24, 15. We're going to start here and we're going to end up here at this verse this morning. And this is what Joshua says. He's an old man at this point, 110 years old. He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, If you don't think it's fair, if you don't like how it is, then choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors that were served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living, but it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love that. And I love that. I can hear in the bulletin, I hear some of you kids have already found the present we have for you guys. So if you haven't yet... Kids, we have in there a coloring sheet. We have in there fill-in-the-blank notes for you. One of, the, one of the young girls in the church, I heard through her mom that she loves the fill-in-the-blank in the, in the blank sermon notes. So I put as many in there as I could for her. So she'll have a good time this morning. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so there's four aspects to this that we find in our passages this morning of Joshua 23, 22, 23, and 24. The first one is... As we see the people of God here build a family altar, they build a family altar, and this story is found in chapter 22. And we don't have time to read this story, so I'll tell you the story. And the story happens as they're settling the land; they're they're taking their inheritance. And there were uh, there were two tribes that were on uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, that well, Ephraim and the half tribe of Manasseh that were on the other side of the Jordan River, that Moses had given them that land. And so after they helped everybody else with the battles and the wars and get what God had had given to them, they crossed back over to their place, to their place of inheritance. That's how we ended last week. And as they were doing this, the other ten tribes on the other side of the Jordan saw that they had built an altar. They had built an altar. And so when they built this altar, the other ten people The other 10 tribes, the rest of the nation, made an assumption. And the assumption was that they had started following other gods, that they had turned their back on Yahweh, that that they weren't serving him with all of their hearts, and that they were going astray. And so they remembered what had happened um, a few decades earlier when this had happened at Peor. And and 24,000 people died because of the wrath of the Lord, because they were following other gods and they were involved in stuff they shouldn't have been involved in. And they didn't want that to happen. They remembered Achan. They remembered how our sin affects each other. And so they went, they were ready to go to battle to attack their brothers and sisters because they were not serving the Lord. And so as they go to them, they send 10 representatives, one from each tribe, and they go to them and they said, what in the world are you doing? That's what it says in the Hebrew. What in the world are you doing? And this is what they had said. I'll, I'll read verse twenty-six. This is what they. This is why they did this. They said, "Let us get ready and build an altar, not for burnt offerings or sacrifices." This is verse twenty-six, twenty-seven. On the contrary, it is to be a witness between us and you and the generations that follow that we will worship the Lord at His sanctuary. You see, they were not building a replacement altar. They were still going to go to the temple of the Lord. They were still going to go to the house of the Lord. They were still going to worship with their brothers and sisters of Israel. They were still going to give give to the Lord. They were still going to do this. But this was a witness in their family. This was a witness among their tribe. This is a witness that they served the Lord. You see, they were concerned that the other generations, the other people would see would see them, and that further down that, that the kids of the other ten tribes would exclude the kids of these ten tribes and their generations, and they wouldn 't be allowed to come worship because they weren 't on that side of the Jordan, and so they were putting provision in place, they were building a family altar so that for generation after generation after generation, not only would their kids know but that everybody would know that they were families that served God. They were families that had given themselves in service for the Lord. 22.34 says this, and the Reubenites and the Gadites gave the altar this name, a witness between us and that the Lord is God. A witness between us that the Lord is God. That was what they named it. It wasn't to replace, it was to go alongside of. I want to encourage us as families to, to have family altars. Not that we have to build them with rocks or with wood, but that we would consistently come into the presence of the Lord. That is, it says in Deuteronomy eleven, eighteen, 18, and 19, Moses was giving them instruction as they moved for the time just as this. When they were moving into all that God had for them, looking out into the future, he told the parents and the grandparents, place these words on your heart. Keep them deep inside of you. Tie them on your hands, the foreheads as a reminder. Teach them to your children. Walk about with them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street or driving to soccer practice. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning until you fall to bed at night. Talk about the word of the Lord. Talk about the things of God. And what I've discovered as a parent is that it was a lot easier to do that when my kids were little. When my kids were little and I tucked them in at night, it was easy to, to easier to read them bedtime stories, easier to pray with them. And as they got older, it was more difficult. It was harder. I mean, if you didn't, we always, up until, I mean, now, wow, it's just kids are gone and jobs and moved away and married and And you look back at those times, and and one thing I'm so thankful of is that we always ate dinner together. Every night, we had dinner together. No TV was on. And in some ways, that was our family altar, that we'd pray together, we'd talk about the Lord, talk about the good, talk about the bad, talk about whatever. Whatever. And any regrets that I have as a, as, a, as a dad, one of them is that, that as our kids got older, some of the discipline of having that, you know, and we'd still eat together, but then it's, you know, somebody's going to work or this or that, that all that, just that, that family altar time. But now I have a grandbaby, right? <laughs> you get to start again. And it's awesome. We have to do that. We have to have a heart to build this family. Not a religious thing. We don't want our homes to be stuffy and religious. We want them to be fun and peaceful as a refuge, but a place where we talk about the Lord, a place where we pray, a place so our kids and our kids' kids will follow the Lord with all of their heart. Well, we have an illustrated uh, sermon this morning, and so there's four parts to this project that's going to be built this morning, because there's, there's four parts to really, for me and my house, following the Lord. And so, this morning guys, would you would you guys do the first part of our project? We got a construction team this morning. We give it up for our construction team. They're going to build something. They're going to build a house for us today actually. I'll just kind of let you know they're going to build a house for us. So If you're uh, listening to the podcast, we have four guys up here who are going to frame and build a house in just minutes. So this is phase 1. Kids, if you can't see, feel free to get where you can. So step one is building a family altar. Yeah, you guys can Thank you, Ryan and Richard and Patrick and Ken. Appreciate it. So that's step one. Step one is building a family altar. Another aspect is we, we see here, this is Joshua chapter 23, is that Joshua gives instructions for the family of God. Do you know that God has given us instructions to serve Him? He's given us instructions. To follow him. And what I love about this is that Joshua is hundred and ten years old now. Okay? So a picture of this old man, he's about to go be with the Lord and his ancestors, and he wants to deposit everything that God has given him. He wants to make sure that the following generations serve him, that there's something left standing of their faith for generations to generation. And he says, he gives us three instructions. The first one in your notes there. Is to be alert. To be alert. Verse, verse four says, Remember, says so that means be alert. Remember how I allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all of the all the land of the nations that remain. The nations I conquered. See, God has an inheritance for us. God has an inheritance, a spiritual inheritance for our kids, for our grandkids, for our great-grandkids, for the generations that are coming. And and if we're not careful, we'll get distracted, right? He knew that about them. Moses has said the same thing. Joshua says the same thing to them. He says, if you're not careful, if you don't stay alert, if you don't pay attention, you're going to get distracted by the things of life. You're going to get distracted by the gods of this world. You're going to become distracted. By cares and concerns, First Corinthians sixteen thirteen and fourteen says this: "says Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open and hold on tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping." When I see that, keep your eyes open. I think of when I'm driving cross country and it's it's a, it's either the middle of the afternoon or late at night, and I, and my eyes are getting sleepy, right? and you wish you had some toothpicks, and you're doing stuff like this, and you're and you're trying to eat, you're trying to drink, you're trying to stay awake, you're rolling the window down, right? You're sticking your head out the window. You're singing. You're doing all kinds of stuff. You're slapping yourself in the face, right? To stay awake, to stay alert, because you know if you don't stay alert that something could happen, and destruction could come, and you could miss out on where you're headed, where you're going. And and. Joshua saying the same thing. He's saying, "Be alert, pay attention. That we can't just uh, can't just cruise control. We can't just just flow through life. That it requires our full attention." And then he says in verse six, "To be very strong, and be careful to obey all that is written in the law of Moses, without turning aside to the left or to the right." He's saying, you can do this. He's telling us, be strong and be courageous and follow the instructions of the Lord. Be careful of the gods of this world that we don't worship them, that we don't succumb to the gods of attention, of fame, of success, of entertainment, of pleasure, of self. That our thoughts and our patterns would not be after this world, but would be after the things of God and after He Himself. And then the last instruction here is to be very careful to love the Lord your God. Can you guys say, love the Lord? Love. One more time. Love the Lord. Love is what keeps us on the path. God's best comes to us as we pursue him with love. And he's saying, don't forget, it's all about loving the Lord. It's all about being in love with him and worshiping him and serving him. That's what it's all about. So the first part is, is as a family, let's worship the Lord. Let's have family altar. Let's, let's invest in that. Let's, let's give ourselves to that. And then let's The second thing is let's heed the instructions of the Lord because it builds a wall in our life for a foundation of all that He would have for us. So guys, if you'll build build part two that represents the instruction of the Lord. So we have the first part, which is the altar, family altar. We have the second part, instructions of the Lord. The third part this morning that we're going to talk about is remembering our history. Remembering our history, remembering what God has done for us. It's what Heather talked about several weeks ago, of building those stones of remembrance, of remembering those journals that you guys are keeping, that, we, that you're writing and that we gave you, of remembering the history of what God has done in your family, in your life, to pass on to generation to generation. We see this in the beginning of chapter 24, but I want to show you guys a fascinating picture, okay? Okay. Because um, in Joshua 24.1, um, this is what happens, okay? Let me read this real quick before we put the picture. Put this verse up, 24.1. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem, okay? Remember that, Shechem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, the officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God, okay? So this is, he gets all the leaders. I mean, this is it. He is about to go be with the Lord, and this is like the last Hoorah! It's the last business he is taking. He is passing on the uh, the mantle, the faith, the leadership, and they come to a place called Shechem. And if you'll put the picture of Shechem up there, uh, this is this is a picture of Shechem. Um, this is on the on your left. Here is Mount Gerizim, and on the right is Mount Ebal. Okay, this is a significant piece of history. Okay, I can stand here and I can read the words of Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death, right? And it sounds nice. But if we were at St. John's Church in Richmond, Virginia, and we were hearing those words, they would mean something even more, wouldn't they? And if we could be at Shechem, we kind of are because I have a picture here, and we could go back to the time of Abram, Genesis 12, 6, and 7 says this, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree Morah at Shechem. Abram was here. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land, right? Because that's who Joshua had driven out. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So the very place where the promise took place, is where Joshua is standing on the very ground. Do you see how significant this is? To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared. And so hundreds of years pass. And now we come to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 11.29. And this is what Moses says to the generation that's going to go into the promised land. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are about to enter and possess, when you get there, you'll pronounce blessing on Mount Gerizim and a curse at Mount Ebal. Deuteronomy 27, after you've crossed the Jordan, the following shall stand on Mount Gerizim where the blessing for the people is spoken and for the curse following shall stand at Mount Ebal. You're like, what in the world are you trying to say? Well, historically, we know through tradition and through history. If you'll put the picture back up there, Scott, please. That Mount Gerizim has a spring on the mountain, and there's always living water flowing, and there's life there, and it's beautiful, and it's lush, and it's green. And it's wonderful, and it's so amazing because just on the other side of the valley, which is at the very center of, of Canaan at that time, now Israel, very center, north, south, east, west, right there at the crossroads, at the heart of the promises of God, that there's one side that's full of blessing, and, and the other side is desert, is flat, is no water. There's not anything and do you remember, and do you remember the speech that Moses gave that says, "Standing before you, you can choose life, or you can choose death. You can choose blessing. You can choose cursing. This is where it took place. It's the exact same place. And so Joshua. Brings them all back, brings the leaders, brings them all here and says, this is what Abram was promised. We're walking in the promises of those that have gone before us. We're living in houses we didn't build. We're eating of crops we didn't plant. God has blessed us. But who are we going to serve? Are we going to choose blessing? Or are we going to choose cursing? Are we going to choose life? Or are we going to choose death? Which is it going to be? Because we have a decision. And then as he's reminding them of their history, he reminds them of the hornet. I got a picture of a hornet up here. It matches our shirts. He reminds them of the hornet. Kids, did you guys know that the Lord was represented as a hornet in Scripture? He goes, I sent the hornet ahead of you. This, the hornet represents the fear of God, the zeal of God, the terror that he sent out. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out. Speaking of the enemies, speaking of those that had turned against God. Before you also, the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword or your own bow. But it was the hornet of the Lord, it was the zeal of the Lord that went and that did that. You can put the picture of the hornet back up. Anybody here like hornets? Right, I don't know, I didn't think so, right. And what's crazy about and the in, in the hornets where we're talking about in the land of the Bible, I mean ours are like pet hornets compared to theirs. Theirs are massive and they're mean and they're, and they're, 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 they're more and more painful. And, and I know I've been chased by a few hornets in my day, and you know what's crazy about that is usually it wasn't the hornet that got me. I end up hitting my head on something or falling off a ladder or tripping or doing something, trying to get away from this hornet. And that's exactly what happened in the Bible that he sent the fear of the Lord the terror of God the zeal of the Lord and and the nations just freaked out. Because of that, but what's so interesting and symbolic is that the hornets of this of this land they don't they only they only attack, they only go when they're when they're messed with, when they're when they're taunted, when they're just, you know, Do that kind of stuff, right? But that's what the people in the land had done to God. And they had shaken their fist at him. They had done their own thing, and he sent his terror and he drove them out. He wanted them to remember it's not in your own strength, it's not in your own power. It's because of the Lord and because of what he has done. And so he had to remember their history. They have to remember, we have to remember what God has done for us and pass it on. And that's the third portion of building a house that serves the Lord, is reminding our generation. Generations coming of what the Lord has done, that we're faithful to remember all that God has done for us. So that's the third part, is remembering our history. And it brings us full circle. Joshua 24, 14 and 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped before the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, you think it's a bad rap. You think it's not worth it. You think it's too hard. You think the Lord isn't really good. You don't think the Lord really keeps His promises. If, you, if it doesn't, if you don't want to do it, then choose today who you're going to serve. Because as a famous songwriter said, right? We all got to serve somebody. Choose this day who you're going to serve. Who is it going to be? Who are you going to serve? Jesus said you're either going to serve God or mammon. You're either going to serve God or money. You're going to serve God or the things of this world. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors beyond the Euphrates or the God of the Amorites that were right there with them and whose land you're living. But I love this. But it's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So, the fourth part is what's your choice going to be? What's your choice going to be? Because it's not just a one time choice, is it? It's a continual choice. It's a choosing and choosing and choosing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The first thing is that this is an individual decision. As an individual, I have to lead and I have to decide. I have to lead and I have to decide. You know when you're flying on an airplane and, and, they, uh, and the, the, the horrific accident that was terrible where the lady lost her life on the Southwest Airline. Did you guys see the pictures of the people who are putting the oxygen mask over their? They put it over their face, but not their nose. Did you guys see those pictures online? They, you know, drop down, you're supposed to put it on yourself. They, nobody pays attention to the announcements, right? I know that because I do them here every Sunday morning. And so you feel like a flight attendant. And everybody look at you know, but I'm just so nobody pays attention to these announcements, and so they put them over their mouth and not the whole mouth and the nose. It was almost, it's amazing how many did that. And you can't help yourself or anybody else when it's like that. You have to first put it on yourself, so that then you can help those around you. You don't put it on everybody else around you, then yourself, because you may not be able to make it that long. You first do that, and then you can help somebody. And Joshua says, for me in my house, I'm making the decision right here. I'm going first. It's me. I'm leading my family. As for me and my house, we are serving the Lord. And I'm making the decision. So you have to make a decision. And he he says, and today, decide. Today, make your decision. So we have to make a decision as individual. We have to make a decision as a family." Are we going to be a family that serves the Lord? The word there is serve. The word there is not think about, not talk about, but to serve, to worship, to give our life, to serve, to to be all in. As for me and my house, as for me and my family, we are all in. And I love it that he made that decision. And I love it. You know why I love it? Because I know I'm not old, okay? I know I'm only 45. I don't think kids, it's not old. Let me let you know. It's not old. It's really not. I'm 45. But I'm thinking about generations now. Because I have a grandbaby. And I'm thinking of Joshua, 110. Do you realize he says it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? He's about to die. But he's making a prophetic declaration over his kids, over his grandkids, over his great-grandkids, over those he will never meet. He's prophetically declaring over my gender, my linen. Lino- he said it in Hebrew. As for me and my house, as for my kids, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve a declaration of faith regardless of what our kids do, of what our grandkids, I mean, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith, right? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord as a family. The Lord, His house, the things of God are not like options on the table. The Lord is what everything is all about. That we're all in. That is not, I mean, if you decide if you're going to church on Sunday morning or not, or Saturday... I don't understand that. I say, of course you don't. It's because you're a pastor. That wasn't, I wasn't raised that way. My mom was strong. As for, me and her, as for her and her house, we were serving the Lord. It wasn't debatable. It wasn't questionable. We were all in. And that's what I want my kids to be and my grandkids and my great-grandkids to be is all in. It's a family decision. Friends, is a church... As for me and our church, we're going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what other churches do. It doesn't matter the wave of, of because the Bible tells us that in the end times there's, people are going to want all kinds of teaching, they're going to want to be tickled, they're going to want to be entertained. And it says it looked like godliness, but there's no power in it. God's not there. As for me and our church, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to give Him everything. It's all about Him. It's all about seeing lives transformed. We're all in on this. So we have to make a decision as an individual, as a family, as a church, and as a nation. As a nation, we need to decide, are we going to serve the Lord or not? Over 200 years ago, an American scholar named Alexander Tyler pronounced a warning over the fledging just a young nation of the United States when it was less than 10 years old. And he wrote these words, which now sound more like an epitaph than a warning. The average age of the world's greatest civilizations have been 200 years. These nations have progressed through this sequence. From bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, from complacency to apathy. And from apathy to dependency, and from dependency again into bondage. That's not what we want. That's not what we want. Our son in law is on his way back from the Middle East right now, and I'm so excited to this week we're able to take our daughter and our grandbaby to meet his dad, who's been serving our nation the last seven months deployed. Hasn't even met his own grandbaby. and I'm so thankful, or his baby, my grandbaby. Yeah, there we go. His baby, my grandbaby. Yeah, thank you. You can do you can be in here every week, buddy. I need that. I like that. Encourages me. He's not just doing that, so we can have economic liberty. That we have a freedom to worship, guys, and we need to do it. We need to stand in righteousness. And we'll decide as individuals we're going to serve the Lord. And that's the last part, guys. If you want to put up the, the top, this is a capsule. This is a roof. This is what, it's a decision that tops everything off. As an individual, am I going to serve the Lord? As a family, are we going to serve the Lord? As a church, are we going to serve the Lord? As a nation, are we going to serve the Lord? The psalmist says in the book of Psalms, unless the Lord builds the house, Those that labor, labor in vain, and unless the Lord watches over the house, those that watch, watch in vain. So we know it's the Lord that builds the house, but we know it's a choice that we have to make to walk in obedience, to walk in humility, to walk in forgiveness, to walk in His grace that He provides. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? There's going to be two parts to our altar response time this morning. The first part is I want to give everybody an opportunity here for you to make an individual decision that if you have not yet chosen to follow the Lord, if you've not yet chosen to serve Him, to worship Him, to give your life to Him, today I'm asking you to make a decision. The Lord is asking you today, today, who whom will you serve? The Lord or yourself? The Lord or something else? Today is a day of decision. And if you're here and you've not yet decided to follow Jesus, to serve Him, do so today. Today is the day to make a decision right now in your heart. you say, and you'd even voice these words. You'd say, Jesus, I choose you. Whisper these words, Jesus, I choose you. Jesus, I serve you. I pledge my heart, my allegiance, my everything to you right now, Jesus. If that's you and you're here, you're doing that right now, would you let me know? I want to pray a prayer over you right where you are. you just say, just raise your hand and say, Jay, that's me. I'm accepting Jesus as my Lord and my Savior right now. Thank you, buddy. Anybody else? Yeah. Lots of our kids are are saying yes to Jesus this morning. Adults. I see that. Grandparents. Anybody say, yeah, I'm going to serve Jesus. Pray with me. If, you've, if you're raising your hand, if you're making this decision, say, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. I choose you. Come in. You have every aspect of me, every part of me I give you. Forgive me. Take away my sin. I give you control of my life. Thank you for eternal life in Jesus' name. Church, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Let's, give, let's thank the Lord for what he's done. Amen. We trust that this teaching made a difference in your life. If you would like more information on giving your life to Jesus, visit us on the web at grace417.com. Thank you for joining us, and we pray you have a blessed day.